Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn. You are listening to Taylor Davis and Jason Campbell, ready to break down everything Auburn. And uh, unfortunately, the inevitable has happened, everybody. It had been pretty smooth sailing up until this point, but COVID-19 has officially hit this Auburn football program. So Jason and I are going to talk about the recent announcements of the Auburn and Mississippi State game being postponed, as well as the other games throughout the SEC that have been canceled or postponed this weekend due to COVID-19 outbreaks. It just seems like it's really hitting a lot of programs right now, and Auburn is no longer exempt from that. So we are going to talk about all of it. We'll go back a couple weeks and talk about that LSU game since that was the last time we saw this team play. But uh, really just the news that everyone is talking about right now, Jay, is just that COVID hit Auburn at this point. They are going to have the second week without a game, and hopefully they'll be back on the field for the Tennessee game. But there will have been 21 days since they last played in a game-type atmosphere. What What is your thought on all of this happening right now and, and the halt that these guys are having to go through at this point of the season? Yeah, you made great points there, Taylor. Uh, COVID, you know, it has gotten to Auburn. And the one thing about this is Auburn was playing at a very high level. I feel like they had just found their rhythm. You know, it was coming off yeah. the win in Ole Miss, and then they really played great against Ole Miss in all phases of the football game. And you want to carry that momentum over to the next week, which I definitely thought, you know, the Mississippi State game, the way the Mississippi State is reeling right now, that they would go mm-hmm. there and win convincingly. And, uh, you know, that can take you and get the win against UT at home. And I think that takes you into the last two games of the season with Texas A&M and, and uh, Alabama with a big opportunity with riding on momentum and confidence. Now you have to take a step back. And my concern is, okay, Mississippi State gang gets moved to December 12th. Will they be playing better football by then than they are right. now? And then you think about UT. Now UT, they're not playing this week. So now you give UT an opportunity to heal up. They've been feeling a lot of noise because of how they played over the recent weeks against Alabama right. and then against Arkansas. So now other teams have all gotten a chance to take a break, and those teams that were doing poorly, this is an opportunity for them to get better and 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 hone in on some things that they've been messing up on. And then for Auburn, it stops your rhythm. So yeah, we're up to 10 COVID cases right now on our football team. So mm-hmm. I think the best thing for the SEC, I've said this this week, is just take this week off and put all the guys back in a bubble and let everyone do what they got to do to get healthy and just resume the season next next week. Yeah. You mentioned that Auburn has 10 players that have now tested positive as well as three staff members. And then from that, obviously contract tracing, you've got about 20 guys that at this point could not have participated. So practice has stopped. Everything has halted. And I think that that's something that people really haven't been able to wrap their minds around. This isn't just taking a couple weeks off games. When these programs shut down, these guys are going back to isolation. We are going back to what we did in 
in preseason where they're away from their teammates. Meetings are happening over Zoom, which sure, they're effective, but nothing is like being in that room with your coach and really diving into film and being able to talk about it in person and not having to deal with like technical glitches because you're on Zoom. And then from a from a fitness standpoint, we talked about it ad nauseum before the season started, how many of these guys really had access to quality workout equipment or nutrition and all of that stuff that goes into it. They are away from the facilities. They are literally back to square one. So that implication, I think, makes more of a difference than missing, you know, a game. Actually, the Florida game that I covered last, Florida was coming off their shutdown, and it was a very uh, similar timeline where they had two weeks of no games, but they had like 13 days where they could not go to their facility, and it took Florida a minute to get back into the groove. And so I think that's going to be very interesting to watch this Auburn team And while there are benefits to time off, your opponent is getting those same benefits because, like you mentioned, Tennessee is also not playing this week. Their game against Texas A&M was another SEC matchup that was postponed. So they're going to have extensive time to study us on film, as will we. But everyone's kind of in the same ballgame right now, pun intended. Um, And it's just uh, there's just no way to prepare for things like this. You just have to roll with the punches literally but what is has there been something anything that you could sort of compare this to where you have whether it's you know an illness or an unexpected detour mid-season and how difficult it is to kind of keep your mind right even though things aren't happening the way they should be well for me it goes back to 2001 9-11 um I remember 9-11 happened it was during the season and you know, we had to play Syracuse and we were supposed to play LSU that week. We were supposed to be playing LSU. Then, you know, we got word of what was going on. And we just remember like everyone just being like, what's going on? You know, you started seeing when the first plane hit in New York and the second and then one hit in the Pentagon. It was just like, oh, my goodness, like the U.S. is under attack. And so you quickly just kind of find yourself like, you know, thinking of all these different thoughts, like, what do you do? And, you know, and you got family and friends that live in New York and you like, you wonder if they're okay. You know, it's just, it became a super, super surreal and a scary moment. And I remember, so we canceled the game that week and the next week we had to go to Syracuse and the week we're preparing to go to Syracuse Everybody on the team was super, super scared to, like, get on that flight and go to New York and play Syracuse. When we got on the flight to go to New York, everyone was so scared. They had to give sleeping pills to some of the guys just for them to just relax and go to sleep. Uh, I remember my parents were very nervous about about me and, and everything. We was flying up there in a the team and everything. And, and, uh, and so we got up there and remember just – getting ready to play the game and then you see all the like the the firefighters the first responders the you know just army people just lining up across the the whole stadium and i'm just like are we literally about to play a football game i said like you got tears in your eyes and and the last thing you're thinking about is actually this game and there's some of the the families there that lost people in that in that 9-11 and it was just like heartbroken and and you know we went on to play the game and of course we got beat by Syracuse I think they would have beat anybody that day um 
because of the emotions. So I can only imagine like just sitting out like this time, like you do lose rhythm. Yes, we're going to lose a little bit right now because we got to sacrifice some things, sacrifice a lot, but it's better to sacrifice now than to keep going on and dragging this thing out because it's just getting worse by the moment. Right. It really is. I mean, when you look across the schedule for this week in particular, you'll see postponed, canceled, whatever. Um, Obviously, Auburn, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Texas A&M, like we have mentioned, Alabama, LSU, and Missouri, Georgia was postponed as of this morning. Uh, Also, Sam Pittman, the head coach at Arkansas, has tested positive. And if that game does go, he will not be able to coach. So there's just a lot that's being impacted this week in particular. It's wild just how the timing has happened. And it'll be interesting to see how it affects the schedule. You and I were talking about that at this point. So many, you know, postponed games are slated to happen on December 12th. Well, conference championships are supposed to be the week after. If we have to postpone any more, if any more schools have to do this again, I don't know how in the world conference championships stay the weekend that they're supposed to be. Then we get into Christmas. Like logistically, I think things are about to hit the fan. And I I know that we all anticipated that Things might not happen the way they were mapped out. Heck, look at the Pac-12. They finally are able to start play. They're only going to play seven games. Boom, two of their matchups have to be postponed the first week. Like, there's just no way to counter everything that's going on right now, and it just seems like everyone's at a point where we're like, okay, how are we actually going to wrap this thing up? One aspect of this, when I covered the game that this was a storyline in in Missouri, Florida, The coaches were saying, you know, there is a huge benefit to extra time on film study for your opponent. Mm -hmm. So all of these teams that are not playing this week and then will play next week, they have had extra time to prepare, but limited time to practice. How do you handle that? Because physically, you know, Yes, some of these guys are are injured and they're going to get rest time and and recuperation time, which is beneficial. But you want to talk about losing rhythm and and steam, that comes with endurance and physicality. So to stop them for 21 days of that kind of competition is substantial. But the mental side of this, the, the extra time that you get to break down film for your opponent, how beneficial is that? How should Auburn use that to their benefit? Well, it's very beneficial. Um, the reason why, because a lot of times you don't get a chance to go back and review the film as much as possible uh, with your players. Like you go in it, you grade the film, your performance, and then you kind of move on you know, to the next week. It's, and, and now having this, it's basically having two bye weeks in a season is what they're getting. So, you know, during this week, it's, it's basically just all film. So you just kind of break down, like, what's your tendencies? Like, I'm pretty sure offensive coordinators and defense coordinators you're breaking down what do we do mostly on third downs? Like what has been our percentages? Why are we so good or why are we so bad? And, you know, you're, you're basically putting a percentage on that and, and making adjustments. And then you're breaking down your players. Uh, how do I utilize some players in certain situations? Are we doing the best to put our guys in situations to win games? Or And, and then from a player standpoint, you get a chance to look at yourself without having to look at the other team before you start to prepare for them. We not say that because, okay, Auburn is off this week as far as like being on the field. So they're breaking down all their film within themselves. It's called, we call it self, uh, your self report, self scout. So you're scouting yourself right now for four days. So during these four days up to probably Thursday, everything is about them. 
now come Friday, they'll probably start turning attention to Tennessee. So, you know, it's very pivotal, but these, that these kids take note that understand like film study is super, super important because I really can't learn a whole lot by watching somebody else do something. And, but I can, I can learn a lot more when I see myself make that mistake because it's me. I can remember, I can look at it. It's me. Like, I can't say another person think like I think, you know, like if you put both of us in a situation, you may do something totally different than I do. it. You know, it's just, it's just the way, cause we're all made different. So I just think it's very pivotal, um, that the film study that these guys take full advantage of it and, and everything. So that they come, when they come back to practice, you know, maybe Sunday or Monday that they've learned a lot during this week. And the most important thing you get healthy. Um, that's the thing you get healthy from a physical standpoint, like these next four games are going to be brutal because a lot is dependent on who goes to the SEC championship and who's going to contend for a national championship. So, you know, it's very, very brutal because we get two of the next top 10 teams in these next four matchups. So we'll, we'll see where we're at heading into the, the bowl season and, uh, and everything. So, and guess who else is watching? recruits recruits can't come on your campus right now so you're basically selling yourself by how you perform on tv and how coaches are using zoom calls so this week is actually helping the coaches from a recruiting standpoint because they get to make up some of those zoom calls with these kids because early signing day is coming in december right so oh my gosh so yeah so early signing day is coming (laughs) so that's the lost aspect in all of this is you're recruiting by Zoom. Could you imagine, Taylor, like you trying to recruit somebody That's and you so trying to hard. show them your facility by walking around with a phone and like saying, wow. look at this, look at that. Like, that's like looking at a house and buying a house before you actually see it in person. Went to it. Right. <laughs> right. So that's what these kids are doing. This year's signing class is if you hadn't visited Auburn in your junior year or your sophomore year and you commit to Auburn, you're basing it off. I'm buying myself. I'm going, I like Auburn based off what I'm seeing from afar, but I have yet to see it in person. I mean, you want to talk about a leap of faith? <laughs> That's what this year's recruiting class will be doing. You just hoping for the best, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But uh, luckily, Auburn lives up to the hype, and we've looked just as good on video, so I'm not worried about that one. But it certainly adds another element to this recruiting uh, system and it's something that all coaches have had to kind of adjust to but for the recruits I, I can imagine that's a very hard decision to make with such little to help you make it um, but it will be interesting to see all of these teams that will get this extra week off take the field next week so pending any other kind of setbacks we will be back to game play next week to face Tennessee like you mentioned kind of been an up and down season for them there there were really high moments there at the beginning they've kind of let a couple get by them so like we do in the SEC now people are calling for Jeremy Pruitt's job and uh, they're not in the best place right now uh, certainly looked like it was shaping up to be a better season a few weeks ago but uh, we will hopefully get to see them next week then the Iron Bowl it's crazy like as it was we had to wrap our minds around the fact that there was going to be a game after the Iron Bowl, that the Iron mm-hmm. Bowl wasn't going to be the end of the season. Now we're going to have two games after the <laughs> Iron Bowl. That's just wild to me. But we will have Alabama and then, of course, Texas A&M and then Mississippi State because 
2020. So that's how things are going to shape up for this Auburn team, hopefully, as assuming everyone gets healthy and we're able to get back out there soon. Let's rewind the time a little bit, though, and go back to the last time that we did see our guys play, and that was the absolute shutdown of LSU. I, I mean... We all get to relive that for a few weeks, and I'm okay with that. We don't have any other game to get in the way. But (laughs) let's talk about it a little bit because obviously we all know LSU is not the LSU of last year or even the year before that or the year before that. This is a very, very difficult season for LSU right now, and they are just going to have to reload, which, by the way, it's looking like they're doing it because they are getting some heck of recruits right now. But – Uh, what do you think worked so effectively for this Auburn team? Because yes, LSU is not the team that is really going to put up the strong fight, but it looked like Auburn figured something out. What do you think it was? Yeah, I'll tell you this. Uh, offensively, we spread the ball around to a lot of different people. You know, we got Eli Stove involved in the offense this week and early. We got him involved early, so his confidence was up. And, um, yeah. you know, Swartz, we got him involved in the offense more than just hitting him on screens and reverses. We actually, you know, attacked him down the field. And then we threw the ball to the tight end. Like, yeah. you know, Pagay caught – I mean, Jason, I'm just saying, maybe the coaches listen to our podcast because I I just got to put it out there. A lot of this was our idea. They would not give us credit for it, but I guarantee (laughs) you somebody has probably heard it because I have it going on every show talking about how we need to throw the ball to the tight end because it just opens (laughs) up things. And like I said, you know, and then defensively, we got after their quarterback. We made him yeah. look like a true freshman, like, uh, you know, Big Cat Bryant, you know, getting edge pressure. You know, our guys, they play really good on defense, and they created so many short fields for our offense. You know, we get the scoop and score for the uh, for a touchdown. We get the interception. They kind of sparked everything. Everything was 0-0 in the first quarter. It was kind of back and forth, grinded out, and then all of a sudden second quarter starts, and boom, we get the big interception, return it back, return it down to the – down to the two-yard, five-yard line. So our defense came to play, and our offense fed off of it, and then they caught their, we caught our rhythm. Now, I thought Bo yeah. did a better job of staying in the pocket. I thought he didn't force anything uh, for the second week in a row. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he played within the offense and the scheme and, and looked well doing it. Uh, you know, he was able to throw a great ball to, to Swartz down the down the field on a, on a straight fly route that pretty much put us up 40-something to three at that time. I'm pretty sure yep. – uh, Ergeron wasn't too happy about that, and that'll probably be something that would be brought up because uh, as a competitor, you do think about those things, and next time you play a team, you write it on the wall, and you remember it. Like, yep. LSU is down right now, and they're going to remember us taking that shot at them when we feel like they was inferior. So, yep. But it's not our fault. You still got to play defense. And uh, right. at the end of the day, so I just think about this whole football team. I just thought they did a really good job in the LSU game. Like you said, like the LSU is not the LSU of old, but, you know, we did what we had to do to get our confidence back because we haven't been the Auburn of uh, of the last year team that played against LSU either, you know. so That's true. You know, so, you know, to see that happen for our team, I think was, was a big plus in, you know, thinking about this game. Who is your biggest uh, player that you think had a big um, big impact? I agree with you about Schwartz. He's somebody that we've talked about on this podcast because I just didn't feel like, I mean, you've got the fastest guy in college football, and yet I felt like we never saw it because it was never really any kind of system that was fitting him and utilizing him well. And, of course, seeing that, I think it was the 
third longest play in Auburn history or something like that. Yeah, uh, that was awesome to see. yarder and Cam's 90-some yarder. And now- Dang it, Jason. Sorry, man. <laughs> Just keep falling but, down um, the record books. <laughs> Um, but I actually was, uh, I, I want to give a shout out to Eli Stove. I think that he's somebody that, first of all, he's he's kind of become our Hunter Renfro, where I feel like he's been there mm-hmm. for 85 years. But right. I am, I just think that this guy, this guy has been through injuries. He has had to fight a lot of things. And even if he doesn't have the big splash plays like Seth or Anthony, he is a reliable dude when he's out there. And I think him being a veteran, I think I read an article that said he was the only player that had beat LSU before his Mm. freshman year. We defeated LSU. No one else had, had gotten a victory over LSU thus far. And he's just somebody that I think has been a a part of the backbone of this of this team. And he hasn't always been at 100% because of injuries and different things like that. But he's reliable and he knows his role. And I think he executes well when called upon. And so I just I want to give him some love because I think sometimes, you know, the shiny ones, the Seth Williams get a little more credit. But guys like Eli Stove are, are the backbone. And, and you got to appreciate that. I remember when he and Will Hastings were both out with injury and it made such an impact like guys like that just matter a lot on and off the field and I'm just I love to see him contribute in any way he can but it was definitely an exciting game it seemed like the team got back to having fun and and sometimes you get to a point in this season and look I I stand by everything that you and I talked about after the South Carolina game because that wasn't just a loss that, like, we were having a hard time swallowing. There were, like, foundational issues that showed themselves in that game, and I stand by everything. But maybe it needed to happen because I think that everyone sometimes in the game of football, especially in the SEC, people can get complacent. And you kind of feed into the storyline. And I just felt like this team wasn't pushing themselves enough. And they they were resting a little too much on their laurels. And I think after that game, a, a spark was lit in a way. And mm-hmm. they were working out the kinks. They were finding, you know, a, a new way to do things in the Ole Miss game and things like that. And then in L- the LSU game, it looked like they got back to having fun and like, playing with that that energy and that spark that we've talked about for so long I'm very excited to see that kind of energy and and swag a little bit did you see I just felt like they were they were playing with a little bit of swag and I am here for it yeah they definitely was playing with some swag you know I had some swag at the game myself Taylor people remember I had I had my my wig on this week you know I was I told y'all I told y'all you know so I say this. I'm proud of our offensive line. And the reason I say that yeah. is not only have we had 200 yards rushing in like four consecutive games, I'm not sure how much it was against LSU, but LSU came into that game having the most sacks on quarterbacks in the league. And mm-hmm. our offensive line did a great job of not allowing them to put any pressure on Bo, allow him to move around in the pocket, make some plays. And, you know, I think they deserve some credit. You know, I think we was, people was hard on them early in the season, the first two games. And I, I kept telling people, I said, the hardest unit to get together is the offensive line. I said, and the reason why is because it takes all five guys being on the same page in order for your offense to work. I said, yeah. with no spring and no summer, I said, that's going to be crucial. And the fact that the first two games, it looked like we didn't have a spring or summer. But then what happened? 
Tank Bisbee happened. When we started to run the ball with Tank, the offensive line said, we want to run the football. And this is how we get into a rhythm. And that's what you saw. We've gone more to a running football team and utilizing play action and involve Bo in the run game. And I think that's why our offense is starting to look different, uh, different than it did at the start of the season, at start of the year. I agree. And, and it's certainly something that you want to continue to see. I know that um, the tight end, the freshman tight end that everybody was so excited about, what's his name? Frazier? Frazier. Yeah. Um, he's apparently getting closer to healthy. He has not been able to play thus far this season, but maybe with this final extra week without uh, a game, he'll be healthy and maybe we could see him in the final four games of the season. Things are things are looking like they're headed in a good direction and you just want to see them continue to play with the same energy and effectiveness that they did in the LSU game. So I, I'm hopeful that 21 days without a game won't hinder us in any way. If anything, it'll make us more fine-tuned, more healthy, and this last four-game stretch, we'll, we'll really see what this team is working with because I think it, it's been spotty at some points this season, but hopefully they're going to finish it out strong. That will do it for Jason and I today on Believe in Everything Auburn. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to us. Make sure you find us wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, the Believe Network. Make sure you find us, subscribe, leave a kind comment, give us a thumbs up, tell your friends, help spread the word. And Jason and I will continue to bring you guys all of the Auburn action every single week. We hope everyone has a healthy, happy, safe week. And of course, War Eagle. Yes, where are you, everybody? And remember, make sure you're not idolizing someone or something because ultimately neither determines your fate. Where you go? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.